0: Hi, Journey, it's been, and we wanted to know, what do people think about church? Why do people go? What's the point of it? Does it do any good in the world? That sort of thing. And so we're in Bozeman, and we're just going to ask a few people what they think. Let's go do it. So uh, here's the question we're asking people. What do you think the point of church is?
1: Not what we expected. <laughs> the question is not what we expected. <laughs>
0: Find a uh, community with uh, similarly minded people. Hey, I'm not a religious person, but uh, it's just good memories from my childhood. So it's just like a tradition from parents to children. Why do you think people go to church?
1: Because uh, God didn't send us a set of rules. He sent us His Son, and so you want to learn how to get to know Him and be in relationship with
0: Him. You'd be surprised. Ben, that's my son's name. Oh, please. it's a good name. Yeah, you know, it, it is. Strong name.
1: name. Uh, a spiritual outlet and a place to to uh, um,
0: call home. Give something for people to believe in, and a place for them to go to believe in something. Probably most people are looking for a purpose and something more meaningful. Do you think that's the point uh, of church? No. Here's a question. Why do people hit the button at least three or four times? I don't know. That's what we're here to find out. I think a lot of it might have to do with uh, tradition, how they grew up. Do you think that is the point of church? No. What is the point? I don't know. I find community and like-minded people and my values in lots of other places so i don't i don't go to church myself but i see the value of it i was even going to be a priest once uh what changed your mind girls <laughs> yeah i go to worship god go cats <laughs> go cats oh, Actually, go <laughs> no we'll cut that out we'll... i believe it gives you spiritual inspiration Fellowship, I believe, more than anything else. Because you can pray at home. From feeding the poor to uh, helping homeless and etc. Yeah, the church does a lot of good. When you're part of a community like that, then it's like, wow, like we can do this. Like maybe I can't personally do something, but like we can do this. So. Um, I think that life doesn't have a point, and they go to church to find some sort of salvation or connect with the community. People are looking for any reason to belong to anything. Everyone with that same goal and belief and um, can lean on one one another in hard times.
1: Well, good morning, Journey. How we doing? You good? Those who are walking in the door right now are like, where's the music that I can sneak in here in the dark it's my first week actually being preaching and being on staff, so I thought I'd throw a little bit of a curveball at you all this morning. I thought I'd shake things up just a little bit, and I thought, for those of you who decide you're going to be here 10 minutes after, you maybe want to come a little earlier next week. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. We are in a series called Why Church? What a great question. Why are you connected to church? Why did you come here on this beautiful Montana morning? It's crisp air, the fall colors are starting, and you're in a dark room listening to a guy talk. What are you doing, right? Maybe you're at home and you are engaging with this service from home, you're you're engaging with this gathering and and you're going, man, I I hope I can maybe get something out of this morning, but there's a lot of other things you could be watching on television or live streaming this morning. Why are you doing that? We're in this series because we want to help you understand why the church still matters. See, there's this rumor out there that the church doesn't matter anymore. As Bob talked to us about last week, the statistics are difficult. That over 50% of Americans would now consider themselves either nuns or duns. They either have no affiliation with a religious entity or they are done with religion all Together, They would say what we're doing this morning is irrelevant, it's unnecessary, you shouldn't be participating in that gathering, there's no need, and here's what we want to say throughout this series, the church still is the most relevant entity on the face of the earth. The church is the hope of the world. It is the living and active and visible body of Christ. And it matters more now than it ever has mattered before. And by the end of this series, what I hope you understand is that there are some incredibly important reasons to know that the church still matters and that you can answer the question, why Church, And here's how Bob and I want to kind of do this throughout the series. We want to engage with three movements that you will see, three rhythms that you will see at different gatherings here within the Journey Church family. And these three rhythms, these three movements are up and in and out. Up, hearing and responding to the voice of God. Uh, in connecting with the family of God, and out engaging in the broken world. And we believe that this rhythm is so important in understanding the answer to the question, why church, that here's, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna spend three weeks on the up. This week, next week, and the week after, we're gonna spend some time talking about how do we hear and respond to the voice of God. And then after those three sermons, we're going to preach three sermons on the in. How do we connect with the family of God? And after that, we're going to spend three weeks on going out, engaging in the broken world. And so today we start with our first up sermon. And fair warning, it's going to look a little different than other Sunday gatherings, if you haven't already figured that out, okay? It's going to look a little different. And here's really what I want to help you with this morning. I want you to know why we do what we do every Sunday morning. I I just want to peel back the curtain And I want to say, here's what we're thinking about throughout the week. Here's why we plan the way we plan. Here's why we do what we do as we're trying to engage in a moment where you can hear and respond to the voice of God in this place, in this time, or if you're live streaming at your home in this specific place for you. And so I want to do that by reflecting upon a passage out of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. It says this It says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we engage with you this morning, that we would hear from you and that we would respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us to engage the up with our hearts, And you might wonder, why do we sing? Well, that's a great question. Why do we start the service singing? Well, I'm gonna gonna tell you why. We want to evoke an emotional response from you we want to you to engage the up with your heart love the lord your god with all your heart we want to engage you to engage god with your heart there's been a lot of questions about are we thinking people who feel or are we feeling people who think doesn't matter we got feelings right all got feelings let me prove it for you you got i'm going to evoke an emotional response who wants me to put this on right now who wants me to yeah yeah Who does not want me to put this on right now? Okay, okay, right? If that's not good enough, right? I'm gonna evoke an emotional response. How do you feel about all the construction going on around Bozeman right now, right? See, we are feeling people. We're thinking people, we'll get there, don't don't, don't worry about it, we'll get there, but we're feeling people. We have 40,000 neurons in our hearts. Did you know that? 40,000 neurons in our hearts. We used to think scientifically that it was just our brain that could think, but our heart actually thinks on its own as well. Does your brain tell your heart what to do, or does your heart tell your brain what to do? The answer is yes, right? Your heart has 40,000 neurons in it, and that's why we sing. If you're one of those people who's like, I I don't sing, Brian, I don't don't raise my hands, I don't do that kind of thing. Like, listen, I've seen you at the Cats game, okay? You worship, you were made to worship. You do, I know you do. And you can do it in this place. Can I I just pick on us because I'm the new guy and I can get away with it for a little bit, okay? I think God wants us to engage in worship more with him. I think God loves it when his church sings. The, the Israelites, when they used to go into battle, their weapon was a song, right? Joshua went around Jericho seven times, blasting the trumpets, and the walls came down because of worship. And if there's one thing that I want a little bit more than anything else for us as a church, It's that we become a worshiping community. I I was part of a church in Big Sky, Big Sky Christian Fellowship, just have such a deep love for them. And, And one of the other congregations said to me one time, oh, you're the church that loves to sing. And I said, man, you couldn't have said anything better to me. See, we wanna engage your Heart, consider the words we're about to sing. Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down. It fights till I'm found. It leads the 99. Prayer and worship is a rhythm of our weekend gathering, it's our moment to engage in the up. So, here's what I want you to do I want you to stand up, okay? I want you to not care about the person next to you, okay? You are are in front of an audience of one and he deserves your worship. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, join your voices with the voices of the angels. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. and Let's worship the Lord with all our heart. So Jesus, Jesus, we thank you that we can worship you with our hearts, that we can engage with you. God, we give ourselves fully to you in this moment. We, we want to love you with our hearts, with our soul, with our strength, with all that we have. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You can grab a seat. Once again, as we are showing what's behind the curtain in terms of the why, when we gather here on Sunday mornings, typically after the worship team leads us in that amazing worship, are they not incredible? I mean, come on. And I heard y'all singing, so come on, that was good too. Um, Typically at this point, what we do is take a commercial break, right? That's what we do. Right, So we sing and then somebody, hold on, before I move this here, stay with me, this is just how I preach, so okay, you're going to have to get used to it in the next while. All right, so here's what would happen, somebody would come out and go, hey, welcome to Journey Church, everybody, welcome online audience, we're so glad you're here, give us your money and your time. uh, No, (laughs) that's what some of you hear, correct, right, and we will get there This morning, I promised John Oakland would not let me not take receive an offering this morning. We will get there. But the verse doesn't go like that. And I want to follow the verse this morning. The verse says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And after the commercial break, which it is not, typically somebody comes up here and preaches what we call a sermon and a sermon is a moment for you to engage the up with your head and here's the reason I use the word head because in the passage it says soul but in about the third century a man by the name of Herophilus Herophilus which I think should be the newest millennial baby name I mean bring that bring that back people come on (laughs) He began dissecting the human brain. And as he was doing that, he found different areas within the brain that were connected to different other areas within the brain. And then some of them were connected to a nerve stem that went down into the spine. And and they figured out that this, this was very important to who you were. And Herophilus, he believed that the soul was contained inside the brain. That the brain was the place where your soul resided. That that who you were at your deepest sense, the essence of who you are, was somehow found there in that area in the brain. And although modern science has taught us that it's more encompassing than that, what I want to engage with this morning is the idea of the sermon and the engagement of Jesus of God with a sermon. Sermons are weird, right? Can we be let's just be honest about this. Like how many times during the rest of the week are you going to get together in a in a group like this and then let a guy say the things that I say to you, right? Like you you just you, there's just not really too many forums where we do this naturally, but church people have been doing this for a very long. Time. The history of the sermon is ancient. People would go to hear someone speak in a place about something that was interesting to them, something that had an effect on their life. Within the Christian world, uh, the sermon was all about unpacking the Holy Scriptures. How do we understand certain phrases and verses and sayings in this? Book or back in the day, on whatever scroll they had, or before that, what oral tradition was being passed down from generation to generation. And so the history of the sermon is that someone would get up or sit in front of people and would expound their ideas about what a text or what a story or what a fable is trying to say. Um, Over the years, that developed... Uh, in, in the more medieval times, there was big pulpits that would be above the people so that you would know who was the authority in the room, right? And some of you grew up in denominations, in churches, in places where there was a big wooden pulpit. You, anybody? Wooden pulpit people? Raise your hand. Come on, where are you at? My wooden pulpit people. And, and your pastor would go like this, right? He'd get in his fighting stance if you were Baptist, and he might pound on the pulpit and tell you things like hell is hot and forever is a long time right (laughs) and you were like should i be afraid of him or like this i don't know about this god guy i'm not i don't know that verse in the bible i've read it myself (laughs) and yet i believe that the sermon is still important I have given myself to the art of preaching, the art of the sermon. Each and every week, every time I get to stand in front of a gathering of people, what I want to do is open scripture to you and I wanna poke and I wanna prod and I wanna make you think about things. There's certain moments where I wanna throw you off center And I want you to go home and think about that for the rest of the week. There's some moments where I want to be pastoral and I want to nurture you and I want to love you and I want to embrace those of you who are hurting and in pain in the room. There's moments where I want to challenge you because I think that God wants to do more through you. And so the sermon is this incredible art piece that engages your brain. And if you have friends or people who say, well, Christianity is for people who turn off their brains, tell them not at my church, okay? Tell them not at my church. Because here's what I would encourage you to do. Don't leave your brain at the door, okay? Some of y'all do this. You leave your brain at the door. Like, here, here, here's my favorite, okay? And I know I'm asking for it now, and that's fine, whatever. Um, I do actually have an email now. You can email me, and it'll be fun. Um, <laughs> but some of you, after the service, will say things like, great pastor, Pastor Bob or Pastor Brian, and we're like, awesome, thanks, why? Has Bob ever said that to you? He probably hasn't, he's too nice. I might <laughs> say, Why? So be careful when you say nice sermon, Pastor Brian, because what I found is sometimes it's just because I was kind of funny that day or I had a great story. But here's what I want to, I want to push you on this. Don't always agree with me. Don't always agree with Bob. Don't shut your brain off. Be thinking people. Our faith, our faith is based in belief. It's based in strong ancient evidence. Evidence that has lasted the test of time. And so I want you to turn your brain on. No, 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 let me say it better. God wants you to turn your brain on, not turn your brain off. And I think the sermon is a wonderful moment for us to engage with God in our minds. Romans 12. was written by this guy named Paul. So Paul, um, he was part of the early church. He met, uh, he met Jesus on the road after Jesus had already died and, and rose and ascended to heaven. And so he, he, he met Jesus on the road. Jesus shows up to him and says, Paul, uh, you need to stop persecuting the church and you need to start building up the church. So Paul ends up in Rome and he writes this letter to the Romans. And in this letter to the Romans, he says this, don't conform to the patterns of this world. Don't be like everybody else. Don't conform yourself to the patterns of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, I'm not here to be funny, although I try to sometimes, I'm not here to tell great stories, although I like to tell great stories. I'm not here to just give you information. What I want to see in your life is transformation. Sermons are not about information exchange. They're about life transformation. And anybody else that's preaching anything else is preaching something other than the gospel because Jesus came to seek and save the lost, to raise dead people to life to give sight to the blind, to make the lame, to walk, to take you from here to there. And so I want you to engage with the renewing of your mind. Another opportunity we have for engaging with our mind is the communion table, which we're going to participate in now. The communion table represents the body of Jesus broken for you on the cross and the blood of Jesus shed for you on the cross. It symbolizes that you are a new creation, that your sins have been forgiven. The old is gone and the new has come. And in these moments of communion, you need to engage your mind. Don't, don't put it on the shelf. Yes, engage your heart as well, but don't put it on the shelf. What you need to do is put your mind upon Christ. Consider what he has done for you. The sermon, and communion, moments for us, to engage with our heads, to seek, to hear, and to respond. Gluten free, Jesus on the ends. I'm, I'm This is an instructional sermon, uh, service, gathering, okay? Stay to the right side of the aisle so that the people on the left side of the aisle can go back to their seats. Somebody who's like, that was all I needed to hear this morning. Jesus, thank you, okay? Stay to the right, we'll do this. Let's engage with our heads, the Jesus who seeks and saves the lost. Come, the table is prepared. For you. You Can you grab a seat? We're not done yet. Some of you expect our our gatherings to be done in an hour. We plan for 70 minutes. That's also behind the curtain just for you. So if you're like, "I, I, I didn't know that. Now you know. 70 minutes. Why? Seven is a holy number. It's not, I have no, I honestly have no idea. It's a great question. Now's the time. For us to rise, to show the world that mercy is alive. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul or with all your your head and with all your strength or with all your hands. Here's the last movement of Up this morning to help you understand why we do what we do when we gather. We want to talk about how we connect We hear and respond to God with our hands. Our hands are amazing. Take a look at your hands. Just do this for me. Look at your hands. Aren't they cool? They're different than everybody else's. You've got a unique fingerprint on those. Your hands, they have the densest area of nerve endings in your entire body. Your hands are the sensory center of your body, right? Not only that, they're capable of so many things. Your hands have the greatest potential for different positioning of any other part of your body, meaning your hands are capable of doing all kinds of things and half of them you like shouldn't even be able to like do, right? How many of you would try to use your hand as a hammer? Bad idea, right? But you did it anyway, right? They're amazing things and, and this is what I want you to consider with me in this last movement. Don't check out, stay with me, right? How do we engage with God with our hands? See, I think there's two ways to live. Take out your hands again. I think there's two ways to live. I think there's a way to live like this. Put your hands out like this. And then I think there's a way to live like this. Do this. This or this. Middle of the service, typically, we receive our offering. And in a few moments here, we're going to do that. We're going to receive our offering. The offering goes to all the ministries that, that are going on throughout the week, all the ways that we're helping people to engage with God, to live the up, the in, and the out. And, and some of you might just see it as like, oh, I, gi- I just give my money. No, no, no. This is a moment for you to decide, are you gonna live like this or like this? Let me ask you a question. How much of your money is just yours? And how much of your money is God's? Like, I know we get a little nervous about this, talk about money in church, right? Listen, Jesus don't need your money. He got plenty of money without you, okay? But let's engage with this. How much money is actually yours and how much is given by God? Is it 90% is yours and 10% is God's? Is it, is it 50% is mine and 50% is God's? Is it 100% is mine and then whatever I give to God is God's? Or is all of your finances a gift from God? God owns a thousand cattle on a thousand hills—that's that, that, just a way of saying God is really, really rich, and He doesn't need your money. He gave you your money. If you've been through a hard financial time, you understand what I'm talking about—that money can be given and taken away, right? See, giving is an act of worship. When you give in the buckets that get passed across, or you you're sitting home and you click the button. To say, yes, I'm going to give. What you do is you're teaching yourself to live a life of worship with your hands. You're saying, I'm gonna live with open hands instead of stingy hands. I'm gonna give instead of take. I, I am going to live with open hands. And that's why we receive a communion every week. Can I, or that's why we receive an offering every week. Can I be honest with you? The offering isn't so much for us, it's more for you. It's more for you. I, I don't know if you're like me. My guess is some of you are. Like, this is an area that's hard for me. Your pastor's saying this. This is an area that's hard for me. I wrestle through this, and my wife have these com- and I have these conversations. Okay, what do, what do we really feel like God desires for us to give? Because we want to live lives that are open handed. And then one of the other things that we do here as we gather is that we give of more than just. Our money, we give of our time and our talent. We give of our energy, right? We had people in here who set up these chairs for you this morning. They were like, yep, Biff is coming today and they set up the chair for you, Biff, right? (laughs) Sue was coming today. They set up the chair for Sue this morning because they wanted to serve God with their hands, right? They wanted to live like this and not like this. So when we do announcements, it's not just a commercial break. When we do the video announcements every week, that's not the time for you to like check the scores. Okay. I mean, well, maybe, I don't know if the Broncos are on, you're cool, but like it's a time for you to engage with the up. It's a time for you to go. Should I connect with the classes that are starting this fall? Should I should I engage with God through study of the word with other people who are trying to figure out this whole Jesus thing? And 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 should I engage in that? Should I engage in journey communities? We have these announcements for journey communities all the time. Should I engage in a journey community? Should I give my life um, some time in my life to engage with other people outside of this building, in another space, in another place? Um, to foster real connection with each other, face-to-face connection. Um, sometimes, let me give you another example. We have announcements for need for help in base camp. So some of you don't know this, but down the hall to the left, okay? Down, or down the hall to the left, you go out these doors and you go to the end, and some of you are like, what's down there? A lot of children, Okay. Several hundred kids will come through those doors this week and we have these amazing guides down there who love and guide our children and, and they love them because when you do this for the least of these, you do it for me. That's what Jesus said. Jesus teaching his disciples. He says, listen, when you serve, when you give, when you, when you just give a, a glass of water to the least of these, you don't just do it to them, you do it unto them. Me, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your head and with all your hands maybe it's you're going to sign up for some fall classes maybe that's your next step today maybe you're going to sign up for the retreat Um, maybe you're going to go down to the meeting for the parents on the west end of the building for youth ministry after this gathering whatever it is I want you to think now. I don't want you to leave. I will call you out, okay? Don't you dare leave. I got, I got like five minutes still. I want you to engage with loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your head, and with your hands. Ushers, please come forward to receive our Offering offering will go from one side of the aisle to the other. If you end up with a basket at the end, go ahead and hang on to that. That's not our gift to you this morning. <laughs> <laughs> this service has been our gift to you this morning. For those of you who are giving at home, you can give on our mobile app. You can give on the website. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this. Thanks for giving not to journey church. Thanks for giving to Jesus cheerfully. And then once this is done, you're gonna still stay in the room. You're gonna think about how you're gonna work with your hands as we listen to the announcements.
0: Hello, my name is Sam. Around Journey, classes are one way to grow in your faith and connect with others in a smaller environment. I want you to take a look at our upcoming classes in the Fall Class Guide. We have options for couples, women, and men. Classes are on Tuesday and Wednesday evenings as well as Tuesday mornings. And childcare is available. Dynamic Duos is for dating, engaged, and married couples and discusses how to have success in key areas in our relationships and how we can dive into the growth and blessing God invites us to. 33, the series equips men to pursue authentic manhood as modeled by Jesus Christ in his 33 years on earth. Volume one, a man in his design explores the basic foundations of authentic manhood and God's clear design for men. Volume 2, A Man and His Story, helps men understand how our past shapes who we are today so we can enjoy God's best for our future. Embrace is a place for women to connect and encourage one another as they embark on the Lisa Bevere study, Lioness Arising, which urges women to become spiritually, mentally, physically, and emotionally strong to become a ferocious force for good in the world. Circle of Security is a relationship-based parent reflection program designed to enhance the quality of relationship between a caregiver and their child. Perspectives helps us discover God's world-sized role for us as Christ followers in its global purpose. Classes begin at the end of this month, so check out the class guide and sign up today. Hi Journey, I'm Mike, and I'm Dean, and we're part of the RAFA ministry here
1: at Journey. As men, we all have stuff in our lives that we need to deal with, yet often our hectic lives just don't give us a chance to stop, process, and to move forward. That's why you should consider joining us for our upcoming Men's
0: Weekend Away, where we can all just kind of slow down and take a pause. Our weekend will be hosted at Mountaintop Retreat Center, just outside of Bozeman. It'll be a time for us to explore our lives, to focus on where we have been and where we are going in our journeys. A time to support each other in dealing with our stuff and look to God for the future that he has for us.
1: So join us uh, September 20th to the 22nd for a mountaintop experience. You can learn more and register by visiting journeyweb.net slash rafa. Or if you just have some questions, write men's weekend on a connect card and we'll get back to you. We hope to see you there. That's right. Have we had a good time this morning? Yeah. I've had a really good time this morning. I know this has been a little unique, a little different. I hope this helped you engage with your heart, with your head, with your hands. Um, there's some yellow tables. See those yellow tables there and there. So every every week we 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 say something right at the end as you're ready to go, raring to go, and get into the world and change the world. I know that's awesome. That's what you're thinking, right? Um, but we have this prayer and connect team that hangs out over there. And why they're there is because they want to engage with you because you may have had something happen within you in this place, in this space. And you need to process that with somebody. You need somebody to help you um, pray and continue to engage with God. You need somebody to help direct you in terms of some opportunities that you can serve with your hands, and so these people are here each and every week. They have yellow lanyards on, and they actually wander around, and so if you're like, I need to connect with somebody, these folks are here to connect with you, the yellow lanyard team, and um, they will be at the yellow tables. Also, if you're a first-time guest with us this morning, uh, this isn't a typical service, And I'm new, so I got away with it. Um, And we're so glad you're here. Um, If you would take one of these cards, they're called a Connect card, and fill out as much as you feel comfortable with, uh, we would love to know how we can engage with you. We want to help you engage the up, the in, and the out in your life. I'm so, so happy that you are here this morning, Take that out to our next step table. There's two of them right outside of these doors. You can talk to some guides out there and they'll talk with you about next steps and ways for you to connect. And then we always do this one little thing at the end that's always a little weird for you if you're a first time guest and it's kind of a blessing, a call and response blessing. Why we do that is we want you to, to embrace the blessing from God even as you leave this place, that you, even at this last moment, get to hear and respond to God. So, stand up. I'm gonna say something when I get done with it. If you've you've never been here before and you're trying to figure this out, you just say, and also with you, which means you're throwing it back at me, which is awesome, okay? So, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And the- Hey, love you, Journey. Have a great, great day. We'll see you around. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has allowed you to dig out more of who God has made you to be. If you made some kind of spiritual decision today and are interested in what's next, we'd love to connect with you.
0: For more information, Or to get in touch, please visit journeyweb.net. If you're interested in supporting our ministry, you can give online at journeyweb.net slash give. Thanks.